So this morning we're going to do something a little different. I'm going to ask you and invite you to relax, recline in your pew, not sleep, (laughs) recline in your pew. Some of you may be appalled by this, but I really don't care. If you feel comfortable, feel free to take off your shoes. This morning, this morning I'm not going to preach to you. This morning I am going to deliver a word from the Lord for you for this year. And it's about peace. I've had a team praying ever since I knew that I was going to preach this message. And they've been praying for you. I've been praying that this would be an atmosphere of peace and an atmosphere of rest. The reason is, is because prophetically, which I challenge you and ask you to test through the word, is that I believe this is going to be a year of ultimate peace for Christ followers and a year of rest that we must tap into. Because if we don't, we will get swept away in what's to come. There are no notes, you notice, there are no handouts. And that wasn't a mistake, is because it's intentional this morning. Because I don't want you to be distracted. This morning I'm encouraging you that you would open up your heart and that the word of the Lord would bypass your minds and that your heart would soak in the very depth of the message. If you're somebody who needs to take notes, I understand that but I'm going to encourage you today to put down your scrap paper, put down your pens, your pencils. I promise you this will be up online. I'm going to encourage you to go back and listen to it. I'm going to encourage you right now to take your cell phones and to put them away. I feel as though there's nothing more important right now than the very word of the Lord. Because I believe that God has a message for each and every single one of us that he doesn't want to miss out on speaking to us. I understand emergencies, but updating Facebook or checking on how many likes you got on your selfie is the least of importance at this moment. 2015, like that, right? It's gone by so quick. It seems as though every time we turn on the news or we pick up the paper or We read our feeds on Facebook from CNN or whatever it may be, whatever our news source is, it seems as though there's just destruction and bad news and nothing but things to report of going on in the United States and other worlds and terrorist attack. And it just, it seems to never stop. There never seems to be a a moment where we can just breathe, where we can push the pause button. It's just constant. And as I sat back and I reviewed over 2015, I came with this question in mind and I thought to myself, where's the peace? Where's the peace? Jesus said to his disciples, said, blessed are those who are the peacemakers because they will be called sons of God. And if we are a community who are followers of Jesus, who are doing life together. Where is the evidence of our peace? Where is this peace that Jesus tells us that we'll be blessed for? Where is this peace that Jesus tells us we will reap, we will gather? What does it mean to be a peacemaker? I want you to think for a moment to yourself. When was the last time you can remember that you went a whole entire day without an untroubled mind? When you went a whole entire day not resting because you didn't have to work physically, but resting spiritually because you knew Jesus had your back? When was the last time you had an entire day 
of untroubled rest, when it seemed that everything was flurrying around you like a storm. In my opinion, it's just the majesty of this beard overcoming the microphone. I mean, this is so prophetic this morning, people, that I didn't even have that written down. <laughs> In my opinion, though, I think that we manufacture our peace a lot. I think we find our peace that, I think we tell ourselves over and over and over again that if we just get to that magic number in our bank account, then we'll, we'll have peace. If, if, we just, if we just find the right mate for life, then we'll have peace. If, if we can land that perfect job that matches our checklist, then we'll have peace. And Jesus never intended that we have manufactured peace. Manufactured peace will always fail us and it'll run out. But this peace that Jesus talks about is never ending. It's like a fountain that continues to keep on going and going. This morning we're going to be in the scriptures and we're going to be in a couple different places, but we're going to start out in John 14. And if you want, I'll give you permission. You can open up your Bibles. I told you to relax, but you can open up your Bibles or you can look on the screen. John 14, this morning, it says this, Peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you. I do not give you to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. <laughs> it's interesting what the Greek says when Jesus quotes this to his disciples. It's a very deep phrase, and, and he talks about it, and I wrote it down because I didn't want to get it wrong, and he says, don't let your hearts be agitated and the calmness of your mind stripped away. And in that scripture, Jesus says to the disciples, and we have to understand that what he gives to the disciples, we have access to. He says, my peace, I give you. That means we have that same peace. And, and, and then he says, my peace, I leave you. Meaning that he didn't say, here, try this out for a little bit. Do a test run and, and I'll come back and take it from you. He gave it to us and he said, look, I'm, I'm giving this to you and I'm leaving it with you. And sometimes we're so caught up in this manufactured peace that we forget about the real peace that Jesus has given us, the, the real peace that Jesus has left us. We forget that we have this ability to live in a place, in a state, where our hearts will no longer be agitated by what's, what's going on around us, what's going on inside of us. That we have this divine ability to live from a place where the calmness of our mind will never be stripped away again. How many of you want that? This is where you get physical. Raise your hand. How many of you want that this morning? Right? We all want it. We all want it. No one states out loud and says, I wish my life will be hell and chaos. We don't. <laughs> We don't wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and give a pep talk about how chaotic we're hoping the day will be. And I know, I know what some of your thoughts are this morning, and don't worry, I'm not going to say them out loud, just kidding. But I know what some of your thoughts are this morning, and, and I know what you're thinking, you're saying, but you know, Pastor Jason, look, I, I'm jiving with you, I'm tracking with you, and, and I really want that peace, and you know, I believe what you're saying that is obtainable, but Gosh, if you only knew my circumstance, 
If you only really knew who I was, if you, if you really understood what I'm going through, then I think you'd cut me a break and tell me that maybe in five years, maybe in six years, I can get that peace. Maybe once things settle in my life, I'll get that peace. But I believe that that same peace that Jesus said he gives us, that same peace that Jesus says he leaves us, it's not only for his disciples, but it's for every single one of us. And it's obtainable because it's within us. I've been facing some very deep things in my life lately. And through those situations, it has caused me to pursue Jesus in a way that I have never seen him before. I've caught myself crying out, asking for his peace. I've caught myself praying the very scripture, Father, you say that blessed are the peacemakers. What does that look like? What does it look to be blessed by you? What does it look like to be a peacemaker? What does it look like to live in a place of untroubled rest? And there's a few things that I have learned through this process. I have learned that peace is not passive, but it is aggressive. We must be aggressive to obtain the peace that the Father has for us. If we have this heart and this attitude that we are going to sit by and just wait for the Lord to wave some magic wand over us and his peace will just fall and descend on us, we're foolish. We have to understand that having this peace is a call to confidence but not confidence in ourselves. It is a confidence in who God is for us. When was the last time you sat before the Lord and you just asked him and said, God, who do you want to be for me? Who do you want to be for me? When was the last time you surrendered your agenda to the Lord and said, instead of saying, God, I want you to be my provider, you simply say, God, who do you want to be for me? Who do you long to be for me? Sometimes it's so easy to manufacture peace and and take a little bit of the word and mix it with it and stir it around and shake it up and, and, and then we feel good because we didn't have to wait on the answer. We just got it right then. And then we feel at peace for the moment and then everything breaks loose in our life and we go right back to where we were because we don't know who God wants to be for us. We just assume who he wants to be for us. The Lord wants us to come to this place where we're utterly dependent on him. Pastor Don alluded to it without even knowing what my message was about, but Jesus understood what it meant to be completely dependent upon the Father. Now, I know your argument's like, well, duh, he was the son of God. Of course he's going to be dependent on the Father. Yes, he was. I agree 100%. But he was also a man in the flesh. Jesus, the God-man. He came so he could demonstrate what was possible for us to live out. You know what's hard about this? It's when we want peace. We have to come to this place where we're so confident in him and so reliant on him that he begins to strip away everything that is not of him within us.
and that isn't peaceful. But that's why peace is aggressive. Because if we want peace, we have to be aggressive about it. We have to intentionally seek it out. We have to intentionally go to the Father. And in some position of worship, whether it's kneeling or laying ourselves out in front of him, this position of humility, we have to declare to him and say, I just want to be totally reliant on you. Because I recognize that everything I've done up to this point isn't working and it never will. And I need your peace, so I humbly submit to what you want. And I'm just going to step away. I think of the greatest example is when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's like an olive press. When you would take and you make olives, I was, I was thinking about Jesus being in the garden and, and the intensity that he was under, and the scriptures tell us that he was sweating blood because it was so intense, and I can't ever say that I've ever sweat blood. But I have the image of an olive press, and in an olive press it was these massive rocks and and it had a groove down through it, and the rocks would hit those olives and crush everything that was under that rock against another rock. And whatever was left over, whatever oil that would be pressed out of those olives, it would slowly drip down to the bottom and collect in a basin. We know what it's like to be pressed, don't we? We know what it's like to be pressed emotionally and mentally and physically and spiritually. We know that. But there was something about Jesus that set him apart from everybody else when he was in the garden and when he was being hard-pressed on every angle. And that something is what Jesus has intended for us for this year. Yeah, I know the conversation that he had with his father, and he said, if it's your will, you know, if, if it's possible, if you can take this cup from me so I don't have to bear it, I'm good with that. But, but if, if you're not, and, and you want me to follow through with this, then I will. And the only, only reason Jesus did it, and we always say Jesus was obedient, and he did what the father did. And yes, I agree 100% with that. But there was two things that Jesus understood that pushed him to that place to do it. And it was one, he was secure. And two, he understood that he was secure in the Father's love for him. Some of us lack security. And we lack love. And we think that if we manufacture our peace, if we think we manufacture our peace, then, then we'll find security and we'll find that love and we'll find that approval that we're looking for when all the time Jesus, Father and Holy Spirit are just waiting there, waiting there saying, look, you're already secure. You're already approved. You're already loved by me. And we have the peace that you need. And we find ourselves looking for that security and that love and that approval everywhere else but with them. And I don't know. I don't know, and I'm thinking out loud, but sometimes I wonder, do we lack the supernatural peace because we're looking for the approval and security and love in all the wrong places instead of finding it in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus was fully aware, fully aware of what was to come because of where he grew up and he understood Roman execution. So when he was going to the cross, it wasn't a great mystery. 
He wasn't like, you know, polling the town to be like, hey, so give me your thoughts on the Roman execution. What do you think is going to happen? Never done this before. Long-time listener, first-time, you know, doer. No, he didn't do that. He knew. He knew what was to come. He knew the suffering that was going to be before him. And you know what? We can relate to that because there are situations in our lives that we see coming and we know, and we know the suffering that it's going to bring. And we can do one of two things about it. We can either, we can either be full of anxiety and we can be full of depression and we can be full of criticism and hardness of heart and bitterness, or we can stop and we can pause we can get before the Father and we can just look, we can gaze upon him and we can say to him, that peace that you give me, that peace that you left me, I'm going to be aggressive and I'm going to get in your face and I'm going to say, bless me with that peace. Cultivate that peace within me. Bring that peace to the surface because that is the only thing that's going to get through this. And I know that I am approved by you. I am loved by you and I am secure in you. That's how Jesus made it through the cross. What crisis are you facing this morning? Let's just just be real with yourself. Answer the hard question. What crisis am I facing? What crisis am I about to face? I want you to get the magnitude of it in your mind right now. Go ahead and close your eyes. Get the magnitude of that crisis in your head. See it. See it. Now I ask you, where's your confidence in facing that? When you see that crisis, where is your security? When you see that crisis, where's your approval coming from? When you see that crisis, where's the source of your peace? Because if your security and your approval and your love and your peace is in Jesus, that crisis should be shrinking right now and getting smaller and smaller and smaller. But if anxiety and depression and anger and all these things are beginning to rage and come up within you, then your source, your source is in the wrong place. John 14.1. John 14.1, Jesus says this in the same conversation to his disciples twice. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Twice Jesus says it to his disciples. And I think that when Jesus says something twice, I think it's important to listen. I mean, granted, anything Jesus says is important to listen to. But especially when he says it twice. And what's interesting is the same wording in that verse later on about the peace of Jesus is the same exact wording in this verse. Don't let your hearts be agitated. And don't let the calmness of your mind be stripped away. If you believe in me, believe in the Father. We want this, right? We all want this. But it has to be cultivated. See, we all have sin. We all have sin, and, you know, we all get tired of having to hear about it, let alone live it, right? But we all have sin. That's our reality. We have layers of sin within us, which means we got to dig past all the crap to get to the peace. We got to be aggressive. We got to dig deep, and we got to create space. And we got to create that space aggressively so we can get to that peace. And we got to move through all of that sin so that peace can come up. And when we get that peace, then we're able to face the Father. 
without guilt and without shame and without condemnation. We're able to face him and come before him and repent. But it's only going to come when we have peace. But we have to dig deep for it. We got to go deep and we got to find that peace that he has in there and we got to be aggressive and we got to go after it. And once we get it, we got to hold on to it. We also got to understand how the kingdom of God functions. Matthew 6.10. Love what Jesus says here. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to focus on that phrase, on earth as it is in heaven. As I read this and I walk through this and I process this and ponder this, I wonder what heaven is like on earth. I'm not satisfied anymore with what I think heaven is on earth. I'm I'm not satisfied anymore with, with opinions. I just want what the word of God says. Because that's the only stability that we have. That's the only peace that we have. And and so don't tell me what you think heaven on earth looks like. Tell me what you know heaven on earth looks like. And the only way we know what heaven on earth looks like is getting before the creator of heaven and listening and then declaring. Let me ask you this. And I want your honest answers out loud. Does depression exist in heaven? No. Does anxiety exist in heaven? No. Does bitterness exist in heaven? No. Does the fear of man exist in heaven? No. It's interesting that Jesus said, he said, as on earth, as it is in heaven. It's interesting that Jesus Jesus didn't flip them around. He says, well, as, as on, you know, as in heaven, it'll, you know, never be as on earth or as, as it is on earth, it'll be that way in heaven. He never did that. So if none of these things exist in heaven and we are followers of Jesus, we are sons and daughters of God, then why are we allowing these things to manifest on the earth? Why do we accept depression? Why do we accept anxiety? Why do we accept the fear of man? Why are we accepting these things? Rhetorical question. Why are we not accepting the peace of heaven? Why are we not accepting the joy of heaven? Why are we not accepting the fear of God? Why are we not accepting patience of heaven? These are the only things that will get us through this year. Once we cultivate that peace that Jesus has given to us, every internal and external circumstance we face has to resign its agenda. I was talking to somebody a week ago and here at the office, and they were telling me a bunch of things. And I'll be honest, my posture looked like I really didn't care. I'm just kind of sitting there in my chair, and I got my head up against the back of the chair, and I'm just listening, and it's kind of like, yeah, yep. I think even once I actually spun around. And they looked at me and they go, I've never seen you this subdued before. Are you okay? I said, yeah. 
I said, I finally come to this place where I know what it looks like, what it feels like, and what it means to live in a place of peace from heaven. I finally understand what it is like to live from a state of untroubled rest. It's interesting, there's a lot of things that in my personal life that I've encountered over a few weeks. Things that if I would have encountered years ago, I would have been angry, bitter. I would have an agenda. (laughs) But in seeking the face of God, I'm able to actually step back in the spirit when the crisis comes and I just watch it get tired and worn out while the Holy Spirit ministers to me. Don't you want that? Don't you want that, that no matter who says what to you, no matter what you hear at work, don't you want it that no matter what that person says to you, those, those words of discouragement that they just speak to you all the time, that you actually get excited when you, when you hear them starting to curse you out, that you get pumped up when you hear people saying negative things at work, that you kind of start to get a little skip in your step, when people start to, to tell you all these things that would normally depress you and you start to get excited and you're like, yeah, keep it coming. Oh yeah, keep it coming. Mm-hmm. Yep, keep it coming because you know where I'm going? I'm stepping back into that place of peace and you're going to get worn out and I'm going to come out strengthened. I'm going to come out full of joy. I'm going to come out confident because I am approved before the Father because I am secure in my love for him and his love for me. And I have this supernatural peace that cannot be touched by you, that you cannot destroy. And the best part of it is, is that the enemy is getting worn down and he's falling flat on his face. We need that, don't we? We need that, don't we? We got to learn to wait more. We got to learn to listen more. We gotta learn to talk less and listen more in the presence of God. I'm gonna put some of your hearts at ease this morning. You don't have to always pray when you're in the presence of God because your prayers simply come by you being still in his presence. Some of us in here, we treat prayer like a job. Well, it's 9 a.m. I got to do that hour devotion and that uh, 35 minutes of prayer. I got to get in that 35 minutes. And we just work ourselves up. Going into the presence of God, we just work ourselves up. And then we, we start making up prayer requests just to fill time. And, and there are moments in Scripture where people would just go and just stand before the Lord. That is an act of prayer. And, the, and, and I'm telling you, we need, to, we need to do more waiting. We need to do more listening. We need to do more pausing. We need to do less speaking. Because it's in those moments that we will hear. We will hear from him. And if, and if we want this peace that Jesus offers, then I'm telling you this, we're going to need Resilience. And resilience is simply this, living an unbeatable and undefeatable lifestyle. That's what resilience is. It's when you fall off the horse, you don't groan about your aches and pains. You don't complain about what the horse did. You don't run away and say, I'll never ride that horse again. No, you get back up on the horse and you ride. And it's the same way. The peace of Jesus is not obtained in an instant. 
It has to be cultivated. We have to have resilience. We have to get up. When we're knocked down by the enemy, we got to get right back up. Don't lay down on the ground. Don't mope. Don't go into a state of depression anymore. Don't let guilt and shame overcome you. They are not your best friends. You need to get up and be resilient and say, I will live an undefeatable lifestyle because of Jesus. I don't even know where I'm at in my notes. <laughs> We're having fun, right? Yeah. yeah. Some of you are like, you're driving me nuts. When we live from a place of resilience, from a place of this undefeatable lifestyle in Jesus, our courage begins to, to grow stronger. And it's not this cocky courage. It's this supernatural courage that just begins to bubble up and flow within us. And we don't get, we don't get in front of the enemy and taunt him. We just take a posture of standing. Because we don't need to do anything. Because God does all the rest. I think, I think we need to do less talking to the enemy and more talking to the Lord. The enemy is overcome with praise. The last thing the enemy wants from us is to praise God when we're upset. That's the last thing he wants us to do. He wants us to empower him through grumbling and complaining and, and getting ticked off and angry. But what if we would submit ourselves to a place of praise and have this un undefeatable lifestyle before Jesus that we just begin to praise him? What if, what if we just take our requests and turn them into petitions of thankfulness? Father, I thank you. I thank you that in this moment, the enemy wants me to be weak, but you make me strong. Father, I thank you that my employer tells me your position might be terminated, but I thank you that might doesn't exist in the kingdom of heaven and that you have a plan that is far greater than my employer. What would happen if we started to do that and think like that? It comes from submission. Submission to Jesus, Father and Holy Spirit. In, in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 7, this is what James tells us. He says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves to God, not to the enemy. Submit yourselves to God and resist the devil and he will flee. Submitting ourselves to the Lord teaches us how to completely trust him. When we trust him, peace and resilience is manifested here on earth. Because in heaven, there is peace. In heaven, there is resilience because the definition of resilience is being undefeatable. And I don't know about you, but the God that I serve, last time I checked, is undefeatable. <laughs> My question to you is this morning, are you ready to activate this supernatural peace that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has for you. Because you've got to want it. And like I said, the only way we get it is if we have a willingness to cultivate it, to fight for it, to know that we're secure and that we're loved, And then we begin to move in this place where we know who he is for us so we can have this undefeatable lifestyle. And this morning, in just a moment, 
worship team is going to lead us through a song that's very near and dear to my heart. I'm going to encourage you to rest and listen with your heart and not your ears. And allow this song to minister to your heart. And let it be a continuous reminder for this year that in 2016, you are not alone, nor will you ever be alone because of who he is in us.
So in this moment of worship, I'm going to ask you to stand. In just a moment, I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Speak some words of encouragement over you. But I'm going to ask you to to start this year off right. I'm going to challenge you to take a physical step to declare to the Lord that, God, I want to start this year off right, and I want to manifest this peace. I want to know that security and that love, and I need that resilience. So I'm going to challenge you, if you want that, just come out and stand down here. And physically, if you're not able, don't worry. The blessing of God will not pass you by. But if you want it, come and get it. it's important that you know the Lord wants you to know that if you're afraid to come because your sin is too great in your mind the Lord is telling you it's not and if you're afraid that someone is going to see you come down that you don't want them to see you because you feel guilty and full of shame The simple way the Lord wants you to break that is to to take a step and come forward. Because he doesn't want you to miss out. I'm just going to ask you to take a posture of receiving, just putting out your hands. Now this morning, In the name of Jesus, by the power and the authority of Christ alone, I declare over you that you will manifest the supernatural peace of heaven, that you will never run dry. I declare that peace will be your weapon in battle. I declare over you that the resilience of Christ will rise up within you. I declare over you that you are not a beggar, but you are a son and a daughter of the family of God. I declare over you that the vision that you have set in your mind of yourself before the Father will be changed. That it will only be a change of increase. And that your confidence and your level of confidence in how he views you will only increase. And I declare over you that you will not know cockiness or pride, but you will know what it means to submit to the Father. and that you will know the love that he has for you. I declare over you in the name of Jesus that your security will no longer come from the things that are false of this world. That even you will have a distaste in your mouth and in your heart and in your mind for those things. And that there will be a supernatural speed upon you in the spiritual that you will run to the Father and that you will encounter the secure embrace that he has intended for you. And I declare in the name of Jesus 
that what is in heaven will be manifested on this earth through you. And no longer in the name of Jesus do you give authority to everything of this earth, but only authority to the things of heaven. And that you will no longer know depression or anxiety or fear of man, but you will only know the wisdom of God. And that you will increase in discernment to know the things of God versus man. And in the name of Jesus, this will be your new year. Not an old year or a year of the past, but this will be your new year through Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I declare all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Happy New Year. Don't just have a great week. Have an incredible year ahead of you.